Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so we're back. To, we're 80s movies, soundtracks. Okay. I need the song title, the artist, and the movie. Okay. Is this Kenny Loggins? No. No. Okay. That's the like, heat is on. Yeah. So you got a song title. All right. It's I don't, an Eddie Murphy movie, right? It is an Eddie Murphy movie. Is this or uh, gonna be a Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Cop? Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. There you go. Who's the singer? Glenn Frey. Okay. Fry. Glenn Glenn Frey of the Eagle. Is Glenn Frey Eagles? Former Dude, I'm 33. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea who sings this song. I'm 34. I have no appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. So heat. what happened yesterday? Like we bounced back to it today. Were you just dropping the ball yesterday? Yeah, I just dropped the ball yesterday. <laughs> I didn't have one that I didn't think hey. you guys would guess. That was the problem. I appreciate the accountability. Stefan's killing it this week for me. Oh no, he's done a phenomenal job. I'm not picking on my no, man over I'm there. Saying, I mean, because I'm new to this, and yeah. you know, he's been definitely behind the curtain helping me out a whole bunch this week. <laughs> so certainly appreciate that. I still still got to find out what kind of gift card he wants. You know. <laughs> Get him hooked up with something. Uh, NCAA tournament, probably the big story for us. Uh, Florida, Florida State. You're wait, not today. You got a you got a UCF hat on today. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a I, I'm a UCF alum. I grew up a Florida State fan, so I, I have allegiance to both. Uh, I had had my Florida State gear on yesterday. They won. They'll play again Saturday. Time to put my focus on UCF today. There you go. I was going to ask. Uh, you know. Can UCF join? You just alienated like half the audience, no, by no, the no, way. No, no, no. Right. That's okay. I, no, I'm not telling you to worry about it, but <laughs> that's the way some people think. That no. It's like, oh. You know, look, look, there's a lot of people that probably went to a school that they didn't grow up a fan of. And it doesn't mean you have to stop being a fan. I agree a thousand percent. But yeah, but those the some people, people that are don't are when idiots. it comes to that. Well, un- unless you grew up a USF fan and then you ended up at UCF, hard to hard to cheer for both. <laughs> How does that happen? But it happens <laughs> though with people have kids that go both places for or sure. a spouse for sure. Absolutely. Or, you, yeah, it's, or somebody's playing somewhere, like, you know, you you went to a school, but they're gonna your kid's gonna play for the rival. Yeah, you're gonna cheer for your kid. That's I mean, right. If if you're cheering for your rival against your kid, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a I'm a I'm a UCF <laughs> alum. I love the Knights. If my four year old son happens to go play for USF, sorry, UCF. Right. I'm cheering for USF. Exactly. It's over. Exactly. Well, what did you think about the games yesterday? We'll start with Florida State. Uh, and the Seminoles sort of had had to battle with Vermont. And but at the end of the day, wore them down and got a big win uh, for Leonard Hamilton and company. And and this is a team that we've seen can compete against some of the bigger boys in college basketball. Had had, had to run last year. They look like they may be able to do it again. I, I think 
for 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 all of the well for both Florida schools, and it was a great day overall for Florida because Fletcher McGee was stole the show last night, right? The the Orlando kid from First Academy who is now the NCAA all time three point leader for Florida State. I think you saw. Uh, a little bit of what makes them really dangerous and a little bit of why they almost lost the game. I I mean, there have been times when they go long stretches offensively where they don't score, they look lost with no direction, the possessions go deep into the shot clock, they end up taking desperation shots, they have no movement. I mean, there are times when Florida State looks just embarrassing offensively, but they locked Vermont down for a decent portion of the game. I mean, Vermont hit 16 threes. They average eight per game, so that kept them in it. And then you saw the strength of what Florida State can do offensively. I mean, Fiondu Cabangeli is, is going to be an NBA potential lottery pick if he continues the upward trend he's on. I mean, that guy was incredible yesterday. And, you know, the, the size and athleticism that Florida State has – is not matched by a lot of teams in the tournament. So if, if Florida State can be consistent at, at any level offensively and, and maintain the level of defense that they played, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're capable of beating anybody, as we talked about yesterday, but they also could lose to anybody. I mean, they were down nine early in the game to Vermont, you know? So I, I, I go into the, the second-round game that they're going to have with Murray State and John Morant feeling the same way I did about the about the Vermont game. Yeah, no, I – and this is just my feeling on it, right? Everyone's going to – it's like I heard Charles Barkley talking about Syracuse last night before their game. He's just not a big fan of the zone. He thinks it is the reason why they struggle offensively. And Jim Beheim would probably laugh at it because he feels like he does a good job and 1,048, seven wins or whatever it is proves that he does That's a good right. job. But Charles entitled to that. And I would say I, I don't like when a team is structured where you see it in the NCAA tournament. The leading scorer scores 11, and the next guy's at 10.5, and, and the next guy's at 9, and then at 8. Like, I want a couple alphas, or at least one alpha on my team, so that when there are some dips in the bell curve offensively, like, I know I can have this guy get me a couple of buckets to get me through some of those slower. T- That's just me. Like, I feel more comfortable with a team that has a little more lopsided scoring versus a team that has balance scoring across the board. And, and, and I think Cabin Gelly can be that guy. I mean, he, it's, it's, it's rare that a leading scorer comes off the bench, right? And, that, and that's the deal with Fiondu Cabin Gelly. And, and if you watch him play, I think after every basket, he, he has like the celebration as though he scored the game-winning <laughs> touchdown in the Super he does, Bowl. He does. It is amazing <laughs> he does. how excited that guy gets. So he is their alpha, and he wants the ball, but... He's a post player in a tournament where guards are often the leading scorer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Florida State is going to be a survive and advance kind of team. I, the thing about them is if Florida State gets down double digits, they're not the type of team that is built to come from behind. You know, we saw Nevada nearly rally and beat Florida yesterday coming from down because of the pressure they can put on it. They have five guys that can attack the rim and score at the basket. Florida State's not necessarily that kind of team. So they've got to be in touch with anyone or be ahead of anyone. And I think FSU is is a, is a challenging team to come back on because of the way they play. Hey guys, one of the storylines that kind of came out from yesterday we haven't even touched on yet is, did you guys see Tom Izzo come off the bench and mm-hmm. get his finger in the face of one of his players? A lot of people are out there questioning on whether or not that's acceptable in today's day and age for coaches. Uh, other people saying, if you believe that way, you're soft and that this is just good old hard-nosed coaching, old-school coaching at its best. Where do you guys fall in that argument? I am a huge fan of Tom Izzo. 
I think he loves his players as much as any coach in the country. I think he understands how to get the most out of his players as as well as any coach in the country. And I believe that if Tom Izzo didn't think that kid could handle that type of coaching, he wouldn't have done it. Not every kid can handle it. I think Tom Izzo is savvy enough. He's proven himself, not just as a winner, but as someone who conducts himself with a lot of class. I, I think anyone who's judging that from the outside is, is not qualified to be able to make an assessment. Like, you don't know Izzo. You don't know the kid. You don't know their relationship. You have no idea whether or not it is appropriate for Izzo to be doing that to that kid. And so as a result, I, I, I trust Izzo, and I think over a long career, Izzo has proven himself as someone who just doesn't blindly go up and Bob Knight some kids. Mm-hmm. So I have complete trust in Izzo, and, and I don't judge him for that at all. Yeah, it's, it's a little out of character. It's not something that we would consider normal with him. He's a fiery coach, yep. but uh, did he step outside of what is normal for him? Yeah, I would say that. I think on the surface level, I I don't think it's out of bounds to suggest that he maybe took it a step too far. I, I, I take this approach because I agree. It's hard to judge on a surface level, and we don't know even though we didn't want to apologize to the media or through the media, we don't know what the interaction was between yeah. the two. After that, in the huddle, after the game, in the locker room, we don't know any of that. What I would say is, and this is the guy that I use as my guideline, I, I think you should conduct yourself the way you tell your players to. Be professional. If you're, telling, if you're preaching discipline, show discipline. You can't lose your mind. I just don't think that's a responsible way to go about being a leader, a head coach. Will Muschamp is a very good football mind obviously can coach defensive football, if nothing else. But the way he conducts himself on the sideline, I find to be embarrassing. The way he loses his mind, either yelling at players, officials, that's not the way I interpret leadership to be. So I'm not a fan of that kind of leadership. So what I saw yesterday at Izzo, I don't judge him for it. I don't think that was his best moment. But uh, like you said, it's the relationship that he's established in the past with his players at Michigan State that tell me that this was not normal for him and they probably were able to sew that up. And there was probably a reason, too. Maybe uh, something was said back to him. And mm-hmm. he's he's obviously trying to fire his club up. Cause he, I think he turned it over twice. They're getting beat by Bradley. Yeah. You know, he's trying to get his team's heads out of their rears at that point in the game. And he's I mean, Look, Izzo is a fiery guy, but... I don't think that Izzo doesn't have the reputation of, of Muschamp that you're talking about. No, you know, he, he, no, the, not at all. As you said, that that was out of character from what we normally see from him. I mean, Izzo is is a coach who uh, exudes a lot of passion on the sidelines, certainly. Um, and I think I would feel differently if there was more of a physical altercation. I'm never going to be okay with a coach grabbing a kid by the helmet or grabbing him by a jersey and pulling him in a direction. Um, but I think Izzo, for me. Again, not knowing the relationship, he did not cross the line for me. Came right up to it, but didn't cross the line. How about the gambling aspect of the NCAA tournament? Uh, Obviously, we don't watch college basketball, but we love the NCAA tournament, and I, I, I would venture to guess that a large part of that affection for us is because we're invested and maybe not even financially invested in a lot of cases, but you know, there are some offices that like to put 10, 20, 50, 100 bucks down on their bracket pools. Um, do you think that you know when we look at sports, 
fantasy football is such a big deal with the NFL. I mean, we're already an NFL football crazed country. Fantasy football just ramped it up for the casual fans to make it even more popular. Do you think it's time that we we, we you know we as a whole look at sports gambling as the wine with dinner? That you know it may not be for you, but we shouldn't tell other people don't have a glass of wine with dinner. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't know how deep you're rolling. I'm not putting $100 or been in an office where they're dropping $100 on an NCAA tournament bracket. No. You're, you're, you're on a different level financially than I am, if that's what you're saying. I feel really confident this year. Um, yeah, I, 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 I truly believe, I mean, I think the, the legalization of sports betting outside of Nevada and Delaware is, is a sign that it's you know more mainstream, more acceptable. Uh, I think that th- there are a lot of complications in Florida, mainly to do with the fact that casinos are on Indian reservations, and there's a lot of politicking that takes place up in Tallahassee. So I, I don't know how far away we are from it becoming legal in Florida, but uh, yeah, I-, I think there is a-, a lot of money wagered online during the NCAA tournament, during the NFL playoffs, during the NFL season, during college football, and I think it would be much more profitable for the state if it was regulated, um, and you could go to either a, a dog track or you know a card club or or you know wherever to be able to place a wager, as opposed to having to place it online with some sports book in Costa Rica, I, I think it would be I think it would kind of come out of the shadows a, a little bit, and we're getting closer and closer to that. I mean, the leagues, obviously, the NCAA is never going to endorse it, but you know Adam Silver has been at the front of this. He you know, realized that sports gambling was something that a lot of his fans, a lot of his patrons, his contributors were a part of. And so he got out in front and said, yes, we need to figure out a way to work together with the sports gambling organizations to, to, to make something that, that makes sense. And the NFL has kind of come on board a little bit, not as much as Silver. They're not as progressive as the NBA. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, it, it's become so mainstream and there's so many people that do it. I'm, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's legalized in a lot more states now than just Nevada. You don't have to go to Vegas to bet on sports anymore. There are a lot of things that should be illegal and should remain illegal. There are a lot of things that are illegal that are commonplace throughout the entire country. Gambling is one of those. People don't want to admit this. Prostitution is alive and well in every city in this country. Down here in it Florida, is. yeah. It is Robert live and well. There. Whether or not it's legal here and it's just legal in, in Vegas, it, it is legal or it is happening everywhere. Things that like that unless you take to excess you're not hurting anybody i have no issue with being legalized because the people that have vices i think you would agree are going to run into trouble regardless whether or not it's legal or illegal so it all comes back to the individuals i, I was telling adam like if if they opened up a sports book outside of amway center and you could bet on the magic game going in or you could bet on any sporting event I wouldn't be rolling all the way downtown to, to bet, place a bet every week just to place a bet. That's not how I'm driven. But mm-hmm. if I'm happened to be there that night and I, you know, got an itch, hey, I'm, I'm going to watch this game on a place. I'm not going to, it's not going to hurt me because I can control myself. If you can control yourself, to me, things like that should be legal. I don't, I don't, I don't see the problem with it. And, and, and I do think for, look, the, the, there are a lot of people that get addicted to gambling, addicted to, to any kind of vice. Mm-hmm. And I think people would have, would think about it a lot more. You know, right now you can open up a, an account on an online sports book. You attach a credit card to it. I think it's far easier for people to put money on a credit card and then get themselves in debt 
than it would be to go to a bank, take out cash, and then put cash down on a wager. So I think the the regulating and, and being able to go somewhere physically, put money down, I, I think would limit you know the the amount of money that that people put on things because I think it's just easier mentally to put something on your credit card than it is to physically take cash out and go put it down. Yo, there's a huge difference between the card and cash. Oh. No question, because the card's not even real; it's just a piece of plastic. I mean, mm-hmm. It's our joke when we if we're wherever at a casino. Those chips, uh, I mean, when you're tipping, here's five bucks, <laughs> ten bucks. It's not real money; they're just plastic little chips. Uh, off the text message line, uh, also work in the game game gaming business as excuse me i'm sorry i work in the casino industry and commercial gaming is coming to florida probably within seven years would love to see i i I watched the uh philadelphia new england super bowl in a sports book down in the bahamas and it was one of the coolest experiences i've ever had watching the super i've been to a bunch of super bowl parties been to uh, i've never been to a super bowl live but watching it at, at a sports book and i could just picture if we did have a sports book if the Magic aren't playing at the end, if, if it's connected to the Amway, if it's a night where the Magic are on the road. That place is going to be packed. People with jobs, you know, yeah. waitresses, cooks, food. That that area down t- downtown that maybe is a little bit light when the Magic aren't in town. It could, I, to me, it could work. And I just think it's something that for a long, long time we've said, oh, we don't want to do this. But and especially in this city, now, I'm very, very new to this area. But from what everything I understand, the gaming gets a big giant, you know face palm from from the mouse ears, right? That's kind of one of the issues that we have in this area as far as any sort of gambling is concerned. Yeah, to, to, to say that Disney um, is is not a fan of the prospect of, of sports gambling in casinos in downtown Orlando, I think is, is <laughs> that, that that is fair. That's an understatement. You know, I and that's fine. I I, I think if they're honest with themselves it'd be attracting a different clientele than they're trying to attract anyway. For sure. So I I don't see that as a death knell to Disney's billions that they're raking in. They're going to be all right. They're Disney gonna is okay. always going to protect Disney's interests, right. and you know anything that could, you know, change the change the perception, alter the perception, is something that that Disney's not going to be in favor of. So I I understand their position, uh, and, and that's that's what I would expect from Disney. But I think as a whole, I mean, look, this is a it's a sports or obviously a sports channel, you know. But if if you regulate gambling, it will generate a lot more revenue for for the state for for any state. So it, it would be great for the general economy mm-hmm. if, if sports gambling was was legalized here in Florida. Well, let me ask you about the U.S. men's national team, which was here last night. I know we were kind of distracted by uh, college basketball because Florida State and Florida were both playing, but the men's national team knocked off Ecuador last night, one nil here in Orlando. Uh, the announced attendance seventeen four. 22 um does that that number as we as we are trying to present ourselves as a world cup venue for 2026 is that number too light to impress fifa uh do you think that that's a number that we as a city should be excited about on a thursday night against a non-rival uh with the ncaa tournament going on i mean i'm trying to build excuses for the fact that there were only 17 grand there but uh, how damning do you think that that number will be long term if we're thinking about getting uh, you know World Cup games? Well, I'll say this: we definitely shouldn't be excited about it. It's yeah. it's, it's not good. Now you can you can find ways to justify it. I, I was talking to Scott Harris out in the hall before we started, and I'm I'm interested in getting his opinion yeah. more on on the beat of sports when we when we get rolling there. But because he knows far more about soccer than I do, when I saw the number, I was thinking, that's not great. That's not great for for a city that is is marketing itself as, you know, a a a budding 
soccer city. Um, I, I, I think you need to see a bigger number at Orlando City Stadium. And I, I understand, you know, talking to Scott, his point is that it's a it's a friendly against Ecuador. It's not a World Cup qualifier. When the U.S. when a World Cup qualifier was here, Orlando City Stadium was sold out. And I understand the difference between the, the friendly and a World Cup qualifier in terms of significance. But yeah, I, I see that number, and it is bothersome and concerning because I think if if you want to put the best possible face out there, that Orlando should host a World Cup, then I think you need to be selling out a 23,000-seat stadium when the U.S. men's national team comes to town because when I look at at U.S. men's national team's matches on TV, most of the time I'm seeing a lot more than 17,000 people in the stands, even if it is a friendly. So I don't know how bad it is, but it's definitely not good. It would have been far more impressive to anyone watching if it was a sold-out stadium. Yeah, that's what I said. It's... it's already an uphill battle as it is. Looking at the ten cities they're going to select between the Canada and the United States, mm-hmm. you already, as Adam was saying, locked in. It it appears anyway to Atlanta and Miami. So the region's already crowded as it is. So you have to go above and beyond. You have to be extraordinary. You're dealing with a a stadium. Citrus Bowl's great. People here that work for it are are great, but it's not Mercedes Benz Stadium. It's not like you're attracting because of the venue there. So. You need a lot of dominoes to fall in your favor, and last night, the domino didn't fall in their favor. They needed a sold-out, hey, look at the passion, look at the excitement, look at the energy. They didn't get that. It's hard for me to believe that Atlanta, Miami, and Orlando, three cities in the southeast, are all going to get host sites for the, for the World Cup. When you look at the geography and you know that you know, there's going to be one in the, in the northwest in Seattle, there's going to be a couple out west, there'll be a couple in the northeast. I, I have a hard time believing that there'll be three in the Southeast. I think Orlando is battling with Miami, uh, and, and I think there's a lot of things going in Miami's favor right now. I say that as someone that would love to see the World Cup get here, and I'm happy to advocate that, that Orlando would be a great host city. I'm just having a hard time seeing it at the moment. I think there are a lot of things working against Orlando yeah. right now. and. I mean, we're eight years away, so so a lot can change in that time, and you're you're forecasting ahead a lot when you're evaluating these, right? But the fact that Miami has Beckham, has an MLS team, has a stadium that is far more reputable than than Camping World, uh, that's already got natural grass down. Camping World is turf. That that you know, I I see a lot of issues that people could bring up with Orlando in compared to Miami. I think we all agree. We said that. Orlando would do great. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think any of us question we would do great. It's a matter of do we think they'll be selected. I don't see how they're going to get selected, which is a different argument. Do we get the shot at being great in 2026? We'll see. Austin, what do you got planned for the show today? So we will talk to Christian Bruy of WFTV, talk about the Gators, the NCAA tournament. Florida survives that late run from Nevada. We'll also have Mark Wise on. He's the uh, Gators radio network analyst and does a bunch of games for ESPN. He's done UCF a lot this year, so we'll get his take on the Knights taking on VCU tonight. We'll have Mark Daniels on from Columbia. He'll give us a sense of what the vibe is surrounding UCF and spend a lot of time looking ahead to UCF's first at-large appearance in the NCAA tournament. They play in the late game tonight, so we got a lot of time to build it up to 940. <laughs> Everybody go home, take a nap so we could stay up late to watch that one. We'll root on the Knights, and uh, hopefully they can join Florida and Florida State, make it to uh, the trifecta of first-round wins. All right, peace, love, boiled peanuts. I thought it was honey roasted. Well, it is, but, I mean, uh, you know, it's his show. It's his <laughs> Thanks show. for having me in, Adam. Yeah, no, g- glad to have you, man. Really appreciate it. Beat of Sports is next.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.